Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. 46% of Americans expect to leave behind financial obligations when they pass away. So it's crucial to make sure your family is financially protected. Policy Genius helps you find the right life insurance coverage by comparing options from America's top insurers with help from licensed, award-winning agents. Secure your financial future with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get free life insurance quotes in just a few clicks. That's policygenius.com. The Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network is brought to you by Onyx Hunt. Bringing you the best GPS mapping software directly to your smartphone or desktop, Onyx offers you the ability to see property boundaries, mark waypoints, track your location, and so much more. Visit onyxmaps.com or you can download it directly from your app store today. Save 20% off of your purchase by using the code NATION20 at checkout. That's capital N NATION followed by the number 20. My name is Clay Newcomb, and I'm the host of the Bear Hunting Magazine podcast. I'll also be your host into the world of hunting, the icon of North American wilderness, the bear. We'll talk about tactics, gear, conservation, but we'll also bring you into some of the wildest country on the planet chasing bears. This week, we are out in Western North Carolina. And again, we're with Mr. Roy Clark, but this time he's got two of his good hunting buddies, Ira Jones and Ronnie Bateman. And we're talking about hound hunting in the Appalachians for bear with hounds. We get into a lot about hound breeding. We also talk about some of the trends that these guys are seeing in the hound world. But we also talk about the relationships built and how they couldn't have done what they had done if it hadn't been for the strong relationships and alliances that they've built together inside of breeding bear dogs. Super great conversation. We also, at the very end, we talked to Mr. Gerald Jones, Ira's father, who's soon to be 80 years old, and he talks about the good old days of bear hunting with hounds back before they had GPS, back before they had any technology at all to support them. This is a rich podcast. You're going to enjoy this conversation. I want to talk about our buddies at the Western Bear Foundation. 
This is a nonprofit hunting conservation organization representing the bear hunters out west. Great organization, funded by memberships. Check out our good buddies at the Western Bear Foundation. And you know that we've been doing the giveaways with DU Hunting Supply. DU Hunting Supply is a full service. These guys have everything when it comes to hound supplies, from Garmin products to leashes and collars to anything and everything that you would need. Give DU Hound Supply a look for everything that you need with any kind of sporting dog equipment. Uh, we're, we're continuing on one more week with the DU Hound Supply giveaway. To be entered into the contest, leave a review on iTunes about our podcast, rate us, Take a screen clip, send it to Instagram, Facebook, or info at bear-hunting.com to be entered into the contest, and we will send out a gift card and a t-shirt to one of you. The people that have already uh, submitted are still in the contest as well. Thanks, and enjoy this podcast out in western North Carolina. For anybody that cares about bear dogs, what I'm seeing is an incredible scene. We're in the Smoky Mountains. It's drizzling rain. The tops of the mountains are covered in fog. And you can hear the baying of probably 25 hounds. We look up the mountain through a beautiful green lawn up through this little hollow And you see what many mountain bear hunters have seen for their entire lives. And that is a pack of bear dogs, young and old and pups and old retired dogs and dogs that are in their prime and young dogs that have yet to even be hunted. That's what it takes to have a pack of bear dogs is you got to have a lot. And I'm with Ira Jones and Roy Clark as they just stroll through, feeding and watering the dogs and talking about everyone. And somebody decided they didn't eat them, and I don't argue with that. And I'll show you my favorite color. Well, my favorite color is similar to this female right here or that dog right there. What would you call that? Roy described it best, and the more I look at it, I like them. They're a black dog at 10 yards, but you get right up to them, you start seeing that brindle streaky. Right. But if you're looking at any distance, they just cold black. Yeah. That's like him. You just you, you got to get at least where we're at here to start seeing that brindle right. on them. But at any distance, they look black. That, I really like that color. For? Nah. No, but it's pretty color. It's just what yeah. you get. It's just what you've got a lot yeah. of. Yeah. I mean, all these, are these buckskin dogs plots? Mm-hmm. Are they really? Yeah. I can I can register them now. <laughs> yeah, you what? Up until this year, you couldn't register a buckskin, so he wasn't. But uh, is that right? Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. I mean, that dog is is. He's a buckskin. Like He's buckskin. Yeah, I've got one up yonder too. I, I get a few along. But now a lot of people don't like them. I don't know why. I can't how tell no they, difference How's that in dog as a bear dog? He was good. He, yeah. he was. We used him a lot. I oh, tell you, older? Yeah. Well, he's like Hooker. They're about yeah. nine going on ten. Oh, really? That's Hooker's litter mate. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And Hooker was one of your top dogs. Hooker's one in that first house. Yeah. 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 He's as good as anybody as Hooker is. And uh, and he was good. I tell you, he, he had a lot of grit. He got hurt a lot. You look good in that headset, Mr. I Boy. like it. I do, too. I, I like it so good. 
I won't get that picture of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Now you look like a okay. pilot. Now. Yeah. Yeah. That, All I, right. I, I did, we didn't even know how to wire them, really. Am I the pilot or you the co-pilot? I'll be the co-pilot. You just head through yonder. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> so we are in, uh, are we in Silva, North Carolina? Yeah, pretty much. Silva we, proper? Yeah. yeah. Outside yeah. of it a little bit? Yeah. Right. Yeah. We're actually on Barker's Creek. That, that Barker's Bar- Creek. Yeah. yeah. North Barker's, Carolina. That's it. Barker's Creek, North Carolina. Western North Carolina. Right. We're how far away from the Tennessee line? Uh, well, according to which way you go and the way the crow flies. Probably 30 miles newfound gap. 30 miles. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And, and I, I'm thinking about road travel now, I, you know. Not so much the way the crow flies, but uh, it's not all that miserable for it. It's like Roy told you earlier. He drove, you and him drove basically around the park to get here. Right. You know, park's a big place. Yeah. And, Smoky uh, Mountain yeah, National Park. Yeah, that's right. So yeah. you, you've, you drove a whole lot to get here. Yes, we did. Just circling, you know, the outskirts. And we it. probably didn't circle over a third of it. A third of it. That's right. Yeah. It goes way down in below Robbinsville yeah. into Tennessee down there and that going toward what is that, Ronnie Sweetwater country down that yeah, way? Marvel down in there. Marvel, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. It's a... Well, let me introduce who I'm, who I'm with today. We are at uh, Gerald Jones' house. Correct. We're with Ira Jones. I've got Ira Jones at my to 2 o'clock, and I've got Mr. Roy Clark at 12 o'clock sitting directly in front of me. And then we've got Ronnie Bateman over here at about 1130. And then we've got Mr. Gerald Jones. And I've got Shepard Newcomb right here to my right as well. And I told these guys I wanted to drive out here and talk about bear hunting in the Appalachian Mountains. I figure you boys are about as good as any to tell me about it. Would you guys agree? We've done a lot of hunting, that's for sure. That's a, yeah, we've done our share of hunting. I, I, uh, I agree with that. Our wives would tell you that too, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, we've put our, t- our dues in, yeah. Yeah, yeah. How long have you three been hunting together? 20 years, Ronnie, something about like that, 15, 20, something. What do you think? Something like that. I've known Roy. I've known Ira before I hunted with him, but I've known Roy probably 22, 25 years. Yeah. Something like that. It might be a little longer than that because I was trying to figure that up a while back, and I I could never – we never we don't know exactly. Yeah. I, I guess we know each other before I brought Rail over here. Oh yeah, fishing and stuff. Yeah, you that mm-hmm. that was after I'd moved from Topton to Nanhala. Yeah, before we done that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. the way that the way that I know you guys and you you guys can define your relationship better is that uh, is that you guys are all plot men, and uh, and have done some dog breeding together. Mm-hmm. So you've all got you've all got lots of bear dogs and uh and have done some breeding together um now ira your your father got started hunting uh mm-hmm. back in the 50s yeah that's and correct what, tell me a little of his history well he grew up right down the road here probably about a mile and uh we've always been here on the creek i guess you might say mm-hmm. and uh his dad hunted and uh, they had he had plot dogs and other dogs as well uh, back for the registry. 
and uh, before and what I mean by that before they registered the plot, which dog. would have been 1948. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Is that mm-hmm. when the UKC yeah, yeah. recognized mm-hmm. the plot hound? Mm-hmm. And they fooled with a lot of dogs he did coming into it that were just brindle of color, and, and you know, and, and before the registry, it wasn't that big a deal, I guess. You know right. how pure they was, and uh, you know, and then that that become the you know the goal, but. Uh, Dad got in it and, uh, you know, and uh, and took off. I, I'm sure he'd tell you the same thing. He kind of grew up around dogs and hunting and, and all, and I was fortunate enough to get raised in it as well. And uh, So, yeah, we go back. I think the first two registered dogs we had is, was in 63 and 65. I actually still have their papers in here in the bedroom where we keep our, our hunting papers, and mm-hmm. we just wanted to keep those and, yeah. and, and did. And, uh, um, you know, that... Uh, they actually, those dogs come from over in Haywood County off the Plot family, and yeah. one of them come from, the female come from down in Statesville, North Carolina, a fellow down there by the name of Tom White. He had the uh, Yadkin Valley bloodline, and my grandpa was down there working, and uh, uh, he, he picked that female up down there when she was a pup, yeah. and that kind of kicked him off in the Plot dogs, and then Charles Gant was a common denominator with Dad and Roy, and right. I remember going to Mr. Gantz in the 70s. I, we kept papers on dogs in here that we picked up or he picked up. I was born in 61. I, we got papers going back around 70 to mm. Charles's, and, uh, you know, we, uh, you know, visited over there and, you yeah. know, and, and, and heard a lot about Roy. I find this really interesting, and, and I love to tell Roy about it, and I don't know uh, uh I'd hear a lot about Roy, but I never, I never had the privilege to meet him, and I knew he had good dogs, and and kind of the way I've always been, and I, I, I don't know if I'll tell this or not, but I will. If, if he's a good hunter out there, I kind of want in on it. Yeah. And I consider both these men good hunters, and they're good yeah. breeders, and 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 I need in on it. If there's something good going right. on, I want in on it, and uh, and and it, me and Ronnie were good friends. We knew each other. We we hunted together were around each other probably our whole hunting life yeah. and and in the later years we kind of got together and hunted and had a wonderful time but we hunted together had a lot of respect for him then and and i, I knew what he was doing and he actually hooked me up with roy okay and uh, first time i went over at roy's there's snow on the ground i i never will forget that and and got just a wonderful visit and got to meet him and his wife and uh you know i knew right when then. would that have been you think in the 80s yeah let's see or 2010 it, it, it's probably in the late 80s around two or yeah. around the 90s about 20 maybe 15, 20, right in there. May have been more around, let's see here, what, may have been more around 2000, something like okay. that, okay. that I got hooked up with Roy. And, uh, uh, you know, we've we've done some things since and bred some. And you've done yeah. the article here recently on those two dogs, both right. those dogs he let us have. I found it interesting, the Harvey dog and the Max dog, I can show you their papers. They go back just a little bit into uh, the Blue Ridge stuff that uh, uh, S. Edwards, I think, had. And they go back to what my dad and my grandpa had, and, yeah. and that's on paper. You, we can trace that back that far. I love the papers about that. We kind of see yeah. where they go to. And uh, and I like those dogs. They were good dogs. Yeah. I, I lost both of them, and uh, uh, they were, uh, Roy was with me when I lost Harvey, and then Ronnie was with me when we lost Max. Yeah. And, uh, 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 you know, they were, they were, they were good, good dogs, too. Uh, you, you said something to me uh, one time. You said that, back when you were a kid, to be a bear hunter in this part of the world was really a, a, ton, a term of notoriety. 
I, and, and yeah. it, it, it describe that to me. Well, I, let me say this first. I was raised by a buyer hunter, so it, you know that's who we it were. May have around. been biased. It, it might have been a little biased in that. <laughs> uh, but but in in these mountains, and I, and and I, I truly believe this. Uh, of all the hunters, a lot of good people, a lot of good hunters, a lot of people never went a buyer hunt. Don't make them bad people. Uh, but the buyer hunting was a big deal. You know, yeah. it's always been a big deal here in Southern Appalachian. And, uh, you know, whether you're in Tennessee, North Carolina, North Georgia, South Carolina, Virginia, I mean, it's a big deal. Yeah. And those people that were good at it, those of us that was wanting to be good at it, we looked up to them. Yeah. And and they were a lot of good hunters. These, these mountains full of good hunters. They don't all hunt plots. That's our choice. Yeah. You know, that's our preferred choice. But as far as uh, they've been a lot of good hunters in these mountains down through the ages. And and we, we Dad and I and a, an old family friend, Orville Nations, he's gone on now. He's passed away. And we done a lot through the 70s, uh, you know, after I got up 10 years old. So uh, they just done a lot of visiting. You know, we'd go mm-hmm. places. You know, visit with different people, some of the plot family, the Charles Gant over there many times, and and different folks, and uh, uh, you know, and that that was that was that was interesting to me. It really was. So, as a young man, mm-hmm. y'all would just travel around and yeah, go well, sit within on a, people's front yeah, porch and oh talk my, to them. Yeah, I wouldn't take nothing for those times. So those front, I, I think even in and you know, I mentioned this to you before. Don't overlook how much time you spend with somebody that knows what they're doing, yeah. and and those porch times was was valuable. And yeah. not that I remember everything said or even agree with everything you said. probably use a lot more of that than you realize today even yeah. stuff you don't consciously yeah. remember yeah. yeah you know there's a mm-hmm. there's a level of mm-hmm. we used this word in the podcast a few weeks ago impartation mm-hmm. you know sometimes you just catch something from somebody that you is even hard to articulate mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. or you catch an appreciation for something mm-hmm. and probably what you saw in those guys was just a yeah. deep appreciation yeah. for the yeah. dogs and for the hunting right. and yeah, I wanted to be a buyer hunter, that's for sure. I don't know if I ever accomplished it or not. I've been on a lot of hunts, but I, I wanted to be one anyway. I was challenged one time by a, a gentleman, and I, and I really liked this. And he explained why he said what he said. He, he told me, he said, it was, he said, there's a lot of people can breed dogs. He, he said, there, there's people out there that's into that. And we're talking about any color. And he said, there's some good hunters out there, too. He said, there's some folks out there that, that kill a lot of game. And he said, they don't really breed a lot. They depend more on what they can get from other people or buy or whatever, but they're deadly mm-hmm. in the woods. And he said, there's not been a lot of people has been able to do both, be able mm-hmm. to really breed and be successful there and mm-hmm. hunt. And and I really, I guess, pondered on that a whole lot. I've never forgot that. Yeah. And that's just kind of been a challenge to me. And, you know, and, and that's why I try to associate with, like I told you in the kitchen a while ago, it's, I guess, out of everybody here today, I'm probably blessed more than anybody. I grew up in it. Not that these guys didn't. They did as well. Both of them did. I know them. And I know their story and all, but just to have some of the friends and yeah. be accepted in these groups, I, I count it, yeah. uh, you know, as you know, an honor. Yeah. And uh, you know, and try to contribute what I can. Yeah. And, and all, but it's, uh, you know, you you want to associate with good people in this sport. Yeah. You know, right? I I did anyway. I mean, that's what yeah. I wanted to do. Do you do you guys? Uh with what he just said, does that ring true with you? That there's there's some people that are good dog breeders, and some people that are really great hunters. But to get both of those things is pretty difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'd say that's right. I'd yeah. say it's partly right. But then there's some that buyer hunts that never learns what a dog's one are doing, or huh? <laughs> they never learn either one. <laughs> well, shorter. They're buyer killers. They're not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what they are. They're they're killers. They're not hunters. Mm-hmm. I think there's a difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, some people they just want to kill the buyer. They don't 
care what the dogs are doing. Most of them wouldn't care if they did shoot a dog or two along. But, uh, no, the dogs is more important to us than the killing the bear. Yeah. And uh, some people are killers, some people are hunters. Yeah. yeah. And, and even some it's got dogs that I know some it's hunted their whole life and they still don't know a whole lot about it. Mm-hmm. They don't learn. When mm-hmm. a dog knows more than you do, mm-hmm. then you ain't learned a lot. Mm-hmm. That's what mm-hmm. I think. Have you got a real smart dog one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. pretty good. I like that. Yeah. Ira, what do you think it takes to, you know, I've, I've been trying to, pry out of mr roy today um just some of his knowledge about breeding dogs because i I think i think for sure mr roy's a good dog breeder i know that you're a good dog breeder well what do you what if you could distill down your dog breeding philosophy into just a a a a concise you know paragraph Hmm. what would you say Hmm. I don't know if I can do it in paragraph or not. I don't, I don't even know if I can longer. do it. But, uh, no. <laughs> if you were starting from scratch with somebody that didn't know anything about bear dogs, I mean, because I'll tell you what I've learned. You, guys are starting with families of dogs. Mm-hmm. They're not just picking dogs from all over the country, right. random mm-hmm. dog, because mm-hmm. they think it looks pretty and wants mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're, you're sticking with these tight family lines of dogs mm-hmm. that have – generations of dogs that are doing what you want done and and i think that's a big part of it right there is you know i had a fellow tell me one time and i love this thought right here he said and and don't miss this this is a pretty deep thought he said breeding really wasn't that complicated but he said the problem was a lot of people just didn't have nothing to breed zero to zero equals and and i don't you Mm. know i don't mean that to you know defend anybody but uh I, i think to breed, the better the, your better odds of having a dog that that'll do decent for you is if you've got if it's bred to do that. I mean, right. you know, if, if you truly have a generations of bird dogs poured into a dog, I like my chances better. Yeah. Now uh, I know that there's people out there that go other routes. You know, a lot of times they'll look for a dog that's uh, maybe didn't quite make it in the coon dog world, and they make great bar dogs, and they have no history of bar dog behind them. I, I've noted that dog. That's a, that's a, a common dog. Uh, you'll see a lot of that, but I think when you get into breeding and you want results, and, and, and it's all about percentages when you get into breeding, anybody can put a dog on a female. Uh, it, but what you're looking at is the end result. Are they are – they, are they, a trainable dog. I mean, they don't all make great dogs. We're always wanting a better dog. Right. Uh, everybody here in the room would like to have a better dog than whatever they got, or a better one than the best than they ever had. And that's what every hunter should strive for. But, you know, you look at your percentages. I had a gentleman tell me one time, and uh, he lives in the area of Braden, and he asked me what her percentages was. and and I, percentage of a of a, a dog that's gonna make it to your qualification. Well, make it dog. into it. Make it into a decent dog. Just a huntable, you know, dog. A, you know usable hound. Yeah. Uh, and and you know, and maybe he was talking a little more in in terms of a great dog. He said he was hitting about one out of forty. And I thought, man, that right. ain't good at all. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, if mm-hmm. I had to race forty pups to get one that I really, you know, right. now now maybe a great hound. Well, that may be good odds. I don't know. Uh, uh, if you're looking at maybe a great, great super dog that just done yeah. everything. But I, I like our percentages of dogs that start. Yeah. We don't have to go through a lot of dogs. Some of them don't make it. Some of them, uh, but they give you something to work with. You know, I think that's interesting to think about is that as good a dogs as, as you guys have, there are still some that don't make. I think that's fascinating from a from a breeding perspective. 
number one, it indicates a high standard, not and not just that you guys would have, but that if you're putting a dog on a big game animal, which a black bear is the mm-hmm. toughest, arguably, but I think most people would agree, the toughest big game animal in North America to tree with a hound. Mm-hmm. Would you guys say that most people would believe that? I would think so. Yeah. I mean, harder than a mountain lion. And mm-hmm. there's dry oh, ground. Yeah. You know, there's a few, there's variables. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. but so even with top-notch strains of bear dogs, you're going to have a litter of 10 pups, and you're hoping that seven of those pups, mm-hmm. I don't know, mm-hmm. would would turn out to be dogs that you hunt for their whole life mm-hmm. because they're good enough mm-hmm. to ride in your truck and – and and contribute we to the hit, pack. We hit some numbers like that. Uh, at, at times, they don't all now. I mean, that ain't consistent. Right. I tell you something. I heard one time, and I love this. I was thinking today. I didn't have any idea what you know we might talk about and how the conversation would go. And I just kind of reminiscing in my mind. And and uh, we were hunting in in Hyde County. It's been some time ago. It's probably twenty twenty five years ago. And uh, I might be a little off on that, but it's been quite a while. And uh, they used to have a North Carolina State University would take a, a vet clinic down there. Now, they would take their students down there. This is, this is a good story. Give me a minute here. And uh, uh, they would take these graduate vets. It was fixing to graduate, uh, graduate, and, and they, would, uh, they would be in that area, you know, for opening weeks. There's a lot of big bars down there. Some dogs get beat up a little long, cut up, whatever. And, and it gave those vets some opportunity. And that they didn't get in the classroom, right. and 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 they done it very cheap. It was good work, and they done it very cheap. Well, we went, we you know, we took advantage of that if we had anything that needed a you know a little attention. So, uh, but we were down there this particular year, and they were some military vets down there, and I happened to have a dog that needed some attention, and and one of these military vets worked on my dog in that clinic, and he was really interested in what we was doing. You know, mm-hmm. and so, you know, again, tell him a little bit about it. And he asked me, he said, do you care if I take along tomorrow? And I said, mm-hmm. I don't mind at all. And I checked some of the other guys, and everybody was fine with it. So we let this gentleman go and had a good hunt with him. And he did, he participated, just fell right in there and just a big part of things and, and all. And, and, but I got, I got acquainted with him, and we, we kind of stayed in contact after that. And, I, and I, my mind went to working, you know, on this. And, and, and I said, you're a, a military vet what do you do? He said, I work with dogs. He said, that's what I do. Mm-hmm. And he said, these bomb dogs and stuff of that nature right there, he said, they're very valuable to the troops. And he said, you know, and this is about that desert storm area and, or, or, or part of, you know, of time and, and all that was going right. on over in that part of the world. And he said, these dogs, he said, they're, that we deal with, he said, they're trained to go in, sniff out these bombs and so on and so forth. And boy, my mind went to really racing then. And I asked him, I said, well, what do y'all use? And he said, well, we use German Shepherds mostly. Mm-hmm. He said, the vast majority of what we use is, is a German Shepherd. So I asked him the next question. I said, well, do you raise your dogs or wh- how do you get these dogs? He said, we do both. I mean, he was very quick in, in, in his answers. He said, we do both. He said, we, we go to Germany. Actually, he said, nobody does it like the Germans. And he said, mm-hmm. we'll send people over there and they'll buy dogs, green dogs from these kennels. And right. he said, then we raise some. And I asked him, I said, okay, I said, what's the percentages of what you raise that actually make it? A pretty quick answer. He said, pretty close to 10%. 10%. And I, and I said, okay, what about what you buy, you know, what you go buy that's, that's green at a year old? And now they know some skill, you know, they, 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 they know some commands, but they don't, they're not trained. And he said, well, it goes up a little, you know, about 30%. 
But that's done in the raisins done and over. You know, you're going in at a year old picking the best of the bunch. You know, you're looking at the litter at a year old, not right. six weeks old. But I began to ponder on that, and I thought, well, look, 30% is better than 10%. And, and I can't believe that only 10% of what you're doing is working. And then he began to explain to me, he said, you're not getting it, though. He said there's a vast majority of these dogs go to law enforcement and different places and do special things, but they just don't do the whole thing. He said, when I say 10%, I'm talking about complete. And he mm-hmm. said, they'll they'll go in front of a troop, you know. And, yeah. and he said, they don't miss nothing. No matter what kind of gunfire, no matter what goes on, that dog has stayed focused all yeah. the way through it. And he said, about 10% is all we get. I'm thinking that's pretty good then when he yeah. explained it. I mean, we're not talking about 90% duds and 10% started. We're 10% finished hounds versus, or, or shepherds, if you will, yeah. military dogs. Yeah. Uh, versus, you know, and, and I, I used all that in my mind to kind of, you know, they kept up with percentages. Percentages were big. And he explained the German thing, and he said, those folks done a phenomenal job over there raising dogs. Some of those bloodlines was really good. Yeah. And he said, we actually send people over there that will go through kennels and fool with dogs and look at characters character and nature and personality and buy this one and buy that one and they're pretty good at it mm. you know and they bring them back with a higher percent yeah. of what they could actually put in a battlefield right. situation but they're you know they've got a lot more money in them and and you know i thought about that and, I, and that kind of kicked me off looking at percentages in our dogs and, and what i'm doing you know not yeah. so much what these guys are doing but what i'm doing you know am i getting any worse with this thing i mean am i getting results out of it and and, and there's some dogs hard to get that 10 percent dog is very hard to get even in what we're doing as far as 10 percent being good you know and and all but uh you know you and that's what he explained he said are you are you saying that um that even even inside of your dogs there would be would you say that uh are you saying that 70 percent of your dogs are are making that or not not at not at that top level no no okay so you're saying the percentage is probably pretty good to have 10 percent of your right, dogs correct. just become top notch you've done real well yeah you've done real well yeah, I see what and, and what i'm talking about there we all or i do I, i'll speak for me i don't these, these gentlemen speak and, and and tell you about their stuff but uh you know th- that trail dog that number one dog that dog you rely on and depend on just like the hooker female you're talking yeah. about over at Roy's Road. Those kinds hard to replace. And, and then you've got dogs that's coming on. They contribute. Maybe they don't trail a lick, but they're good finished dogs. Yeah. Uh, you know, or you know, and you have dogs that you can work and keep and utilize. But you know, maybe there's an area that you'd turn them up a notch if you could, if it yeah. was possible. Yeah. But those few. And those that, are valuable dogs, though. Yeah. You, yeah. If you and just you, look, ha- you have some of those. Well, you ain't gonna have fake many dogs if you're looking for them top ones. I mean, we're looking for them all right. the time. But if that's all we would have, right. well, certainly our feed bill would go down. Or mine so, would. so inside of a bear pack, maybe for somebody that's listening, and there's a lot of guys that listen to this that that probably don't hunt with bear hounds, is is that uh, you need a lot of you need a lot of skills inside of mm-hmm. a bear dog. And I think some, so. Yeah. Some dogs are going to have traits that are, you know, you might have a, a real good trail dog, mm-hmm. but maybe he's not as fast. But he can smell an old mm-hmm. track and get Absolutely. it started. And then maybe you got some dogs that are super fast but aren't able to mm-hmm. grub out a really old track. And so you got this pack that's got a lot of dogs mm-hmm. with a lot of mm-hmm. different characteristics. Mm-hmm. And you're mm-hmm. just trying to build a a good mm-hmm. pack. And that's then great. the phenomenal dog, even inside of really great bloodlines, is one that can just do it all. I mean, yeah. he, and that's a pretty phenomenal dog. Is that right? Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. 
Yeah. That, that's the goal. Every one of us here, anybody listening that bear hunts, that's the goal. I don't care what color they're hunting or right. or what they're into. That's the dog we're looking for. That, that's yeah. you know, and and many have them, and and all, and it's good when we got them, you know, yeah. and stuff, and uh, and all. But uh, you know what? Then you got your standards for the rest of the group. Yeah. You know, you deal with that one dog, you got to have it. You're striving to have it. I ain't always got it, but you want to have it. And then you're looking at the rest of your dogs that you know is not quite there, that maybe they don't do the, the jumping or the rigging or the, the hard running or whatever. But, you know, you, you you know, there's a level, there's a standard there, too, that, you know, you want to. Now, can you get some phenomenal dogs out of two, by your standards, average good dogs? Absolutely. It's possible. Mm-hmm. The blood, it's the blood and how the genes cross. And, yeah. and nobody, if anybody could, could know how that would turn out, you could you could turn them out like pancakes. So it's like inside of this bloodline, there's this potential that these dogs have. And every now and then it's going to come out just right where you're going to have a phenomenal dog. But you may just have a good dog by your standards that you keep. But two generations from now, you might get another phenomenal one. Is exactly. that right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that can that's, happen. That's kind of the way it works, really. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Roy of... and I, we've, we've talked, it seems like sometimes that you can't keep from breeding the better dog to the better dogs. I mean, it's just you just can't keep from doing it. But out of some of the dogs that I've had, they've got good dogs in their ancestors. I'm not saying they wasn't good dogs, but they wasn't the dog that they produced. But you get up at the top level, and it seems like the best of the best, you would produce the best. It don't necessarily mean that. Really? So you can you can take your just two phenomenal dogs, and it doesn't always make a great cross? No. Yeah, I don't. Where do you usually get the best cross? I mean, is there a trail? Well, in my opinion, you don't actually know that, but, uh, but when you cross and, and do get that, you just looked up and got it, in my opinion. Uh, and that don't, and I've seen better dogs come out of uh, mediocre dogs than I have out of number one dogs. Is that right? And, I think that's right. And, really? And, I don't and, understand that. And, and just because they've got that good blood in them, maybe they got the same blood as this number one dog is over here. Maybe they're literate to that number one dog over there. Uh, but this and over here will throw the best pubs. And stuff, and you don't know that unless you breed it. But uh, I've seen that. Yeah. And your lifespan's not long enough to try all of it. I mean, no. yeah. that's why you that's why you you use the best. You can't. I mean, it's just hard to keep from it. From yeah. Using the best, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's where the top dog's going to come from. Yeah. Well, you, you just keep on trying to get the best to get the best, and breed them dogs and try to go on. But once you get so high to the best. And you've hunted your whole life, like he has, I have, and Ronnie has too. And I've come to believe that I own the best that that they could get. Right. I'm talking about my goodens. I don't know how they feel about their goodens or right. how Ronnie feels about his goodens. Yeah. But I just felt like that's as good as they get. They don't come no better. Yeah. yeah but, but you keep trying to go up and go up, but they gets to a point. When you ain't going up no more. Yeah. And you ain't got no way to go except downhill. <laughs> uh, uh, or hold your own one to other. Yeah. And that's but pretty hard you to can't do. Hold, you, if you could hold your own. Yeah. By breeding pretty. two good dogs, 
if you could, if you could, out of every litter of pups, if you had the the great dog, and you you think, well, out of this litter of pups, I'll get one great dog. That doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Mm. It don't where I'm at. No, and, yeah. and and then you may that one great dog you get, it may come out of a litter you don't even. Well, I'll just refer back to powder. But now she turned out to be a good. Mm-hmm. So I don't know about the other two. But you you don't know where it's going to come. But but with breeding them dogs with the same pretty well bloodline and stuff, you can get one out of a mediocre just as good as you can get out of a good. But the the thing that's for sure is that you've got to attach strongly into a line of dogs that is doing you've what you to want do dogs that. to do. That's what yeah. I believe. Yeah, you. And got then to do you that. just gotta, you just gotta. I like my good dogs. The good dogs. Mm-hmm. I like well, my chances. I think it's possible to take, and I've even heard about them. I didn't exactly hunt the dog, but I've heard of good dogs. A good dog coming out of dogs that absolutely did not like bear, but this one dog did. Mm-hmm. But when you went to trying to get pups out of that. They never got anything. Yeah, so, maybe breeding but, on down the line. Exactly. It doesn't, maybe it breeding cut. on down the line, you don't get no dogs. That's why you want to. That's why you want to string of dogs behind them that uh, that has run by and done good on by. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And your percentage is going to be a lot better if They'll that's be the way bad. you get them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we maybe I should have started off here, but what makes a good bear dog? What what are what are qualities? that you're looking for in a bear dog. And I heard somebody say one time, and I liked it, and I don't know if it's true, but I liked what they said. They said that a bear dog, of all the animals that are bred, like racehorses, border collies, pigs, you know, whatever, whatever Mm -hmm. we're breeding, you're trying to get a more unique and exhaustive list of traits out of a bear dog than anything. Again, I don't know if it's true, but I like the sound of it because like, yeah. you gotta have you gotta have a dog with uh, that that can trail. It's gotta have an mm-hmm. incredible nose. It's gotta be athletic. I mean, the toughest. Mm-hmm. And I'm putting words in you guys' mouth, but I'm, I kind of want to prove you know mm-hmm. say of this point mm-hmm. that this dog's gotta be extremely athletic to pursue the toughest big game animal in North America, the tree. He's gotta he's gotta have grit. He can't be afraid of a bear. I mean, you know, there's there's this list. He's gotta have good feet. He's gotta be able to run mm-hmm. thirty miles in a day, potentially mm-hmm. chasing a bear. Um, but even inside of all those qualifications, there's these different strains have strengths and weaknesses. Mm-hmm. But Ira, to you, what 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 do you want in a in a bear dog? Well, you you pretty well nailed it right there. I think uh, you know you want all the dog you get in in, in your dogs, and you're just hoping one to pop out a little above average. Yeah. And uh, you know you you want good personality. You want dogs that can get along with each other. I want yeah. dogs to get along with people. Yeah. Uh, you, you you prefer fast starters if you can get them. Right. And uh, you know stamina is a huge thing, and certainly knows that's very desirable. I don't care what part of the country you hunt in; it seems like every hunter I talk to knows is, you know, yeah, is, right. is you know is is highly respected in yeah. bear hunting. And yeah. certainly you got to have grit. You ain't going to do no good if you got a bunch of cowards, you know. Uh, you know I don't care what else they do good if they they quit every time they get up one. It wants to be a little ornery. Well, you you know you you got to deal with that. Bear. And that that so what happens is these dogs are chasing a bear and one out of every four bears or 10 bears some percentage of Mm -hmm. bears isn't going to run up a tree Mm -hmm. but they're going to turn and want to 
fight the dogs mm-hmm. or, or bluff the dogs. Mm-hmm. And a lot of dogs, that's where they get broken mm-hmm. from being mm-hmm. a bear dog. Mm-hmm. Am I right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they'll, they'll be afraid of a bear, mm-hmm. and it can ruin mm-hmm. them forever. Exactly. Absolutely. And so that, therein lies, I guess, the first test mm-hmm. of a young dog mm-hmm. is will he stay on mm-hmm. a bear on the mm-hmm. ground. Mm-hmm. And obviously you guys don't want dogs that are trying to – you, you got to put enough pressure on the bear to make it run mm-hmm. up a tree or make it mm-hmm. stop, but not so much that the dog mm-hmm. gets hurt. Mm-hmm. But so I just wanted to explain that because in you know in coon hunting or in you know some oh, of yeah. the running dog sports, uh, that's not something that happens. And that seems to me to be the tipping point of these bear dogs is they've got to have just the right amount of grip. Too much, they'll get hurt. Mm-hmm. Not enough, and they don't mm-hmm. make them a, a bear if dog. They ain't, if they ain't got enough sense to learn. Did a bear, you know, when you hunt them, it, a bear can hurt them. And if they ain't going to stay back some and work a bear, if they're just going to go in and get hurt every time you turn them loose, then you ain't, you, 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 you don't even need that dog. You, it's not something you can work with. No. Yeah. Because if, if it's going to stay tied up, if it's going to take it one day of hunting, and then you're going to leave it tied up for six weeks, and then the next time you take it a hunting, it's going to be tied up for another six weeks, and all your bear hunting's gone, and you that dog ain't done you a bit of good. All you've done is spent money on it. Yeah, yeah. But you got to have enough nerve for them to learn to work what's, a bear. What's the, what's the word that you guys use to describe a gritty dog? Well, in my opinion, one that'll get as close as a bear let him and, and bark at it good and and give when he has to and and take when you can. That, that'd be my part yeah. of it. Well, I what I wanted to hear you say was nervy. I hear you guys say yeah, that. Nervy. nervy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't think that's a phrase that a lot of people use across the country. I, I like it. I think it's good. A nervy dog. I heard you say that, Mr. Roy. But uh, Gritty, nervy. I mm-hmm. want you to get this man on mic a little bit more over here. Interrogate him now. What do you yeah. need me to say? Whatever you want to, just cut, tear loose and oh, let no, him have it. There ain't a whole lot going on. I'm just listening. I'm learning. I'm You're, still learning. <laughs> well, I, I, I actually some, interrupted on when we were talking about the traits of the bear dog. Pop some questions to that guy right there, son. He's from, he's from Nana Haley Gorge over there, yeah. and I'd say the best bear hunter in that country. Yeah. So he can answer some questions. Yeah. That's 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 saying a mouthful right there. That's a putting yeah. you up. That, yeah, that's that. a getting you up our big now. How, how long have you been bear hunting, Ronnie? I uh, just since about the eighties, nineteen eighty, something like that. Yeah. Uh what do you we, see? We had coon dogs. I I've hunted all my life, had dogs all my life. And like I said, at that time. There wasn't any registered dogs in the country. If it was a brindle dog, it was a plot. If it was red, it was a red bone. If it was a black and tan, it was a black and tan. Yeah. But now what it had in it, nobody know. But we had brindle dogs that we coon hunted. And that's kind of what got me started on plots. And it's pretty much what I've had. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you, uh, now do you live in Georgia or North Carolina? North Carolina. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And uh, did you get started with the kind of some of these uh same dogs as Mr. Roy had when you got in? No, no, not exactly. No, I didn't. Uh, uh, I didn't have the same dogs that Roy had. I guess we started breeding dogs. I can't exactly remember when. Yeah, but uh, I guess the first time we bred any was probably when I bred Hooker to Smut. Well, mm. you should have bred that to 
Rotel or whatever it was, didn't you interbreed herd or something? Rotel, I don't even remember. That Rotel. one is a, that what's your name had? It's Chris? A, yeah. That had that, uh, uh, what's that guy that had them dogs? Had some of his blood in it. Hmm. You probably talk about the Darlings? Yeah, Darlings. Didn't you interbreed one of them to come up a hooker, didn't you? We bred it to Walt Stansel's dog, Chris did. He yeah. had brandy. Brandy yeah, was out of Pison. You didn't spread that before that to get brandy, did you? Yeah, Pison and, and, the, and the Darlin's dog, and we got brandy, and then he bred it, yeah. Yeah. And the Pison was the dog that uh, that I had at the time. What, this, here's a kind of a broad question about the general state of bear hunting in this part of the world. What do you think's happening inside of um, – inside of the sport from a positive or a negative standpoint that could jeopardize or or help like what what's what's your perspective on the the sport of bear hunting in the southern appalachian mountains oh i'd say in the appalachian mountains that we would want nose more so than a lot of other now, places now, now what i'm i'm asking i'm i'm changing the subject totally what about uh I'm I'm talking about in the sport as a whole, like even from a perspective of like young guys getting into it, or like lack of hunter recruitment, or 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 problems inside the sport. Not even with dog. Yeah, I'm I'm switching the topics without uh, telling you. Um, Just you guys with your experience and and kind of thinking of it, even from the sense of preservation of hound sports in this part of the world and even the country. it's a hard sport, and uh, young people, there's very few young people that likes it good enough. It's kind of like the dogs liking the bear. They don't like the sport good enough, and when Aaron, Roy, and I, we were younger, there wasn't as many bear. And I know we've walked every day for a week to find a bear track, and uh, I think there's more bear now. I think they probably agree than what – what we grew up with, and that is one reason and the perspective that they've got in it and what we dealt with at that time, I can't think of anybody that would do it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's got easier because there's more buyer. And, uh, I but, mean, that, you, but that's made less people be interested in it, do you think? It's just a hard sport. I mean, even even if you've got buyer, it's still a hard sport. Right. I mean, it's it's a demanding sport that you've – it's just like you were talking about the dog. It's got to be athletic. You've got to be physical. You've got to have the desire to get there and to do this, which everybody's got a different part in bear hunting. Some people like to – their main thing is shooting the bear. And uh, some people, they like to hear the race. And my part of it, I'd rather, I'd rather trail the bear. That's, that's what yeah. I enjoy. So – Everybody's got different things, and a lot of the younger people, it's not what they want to do. It's they will – they stand back and want you to take care of everything, and then we'll kill the bear. Yeah. And then we're bear hunters. Well, there, like I said, there's bear killers and there's bear hunters. Yeah. And uh, there's, not, there's not, many, not many young people right now that's involved in the sport. Yeah. Especially do you, do you think where people, we're at. Do you think people would have said I'd that say, back when you guys were kids? I know uh, you and I are, are Mr. Roy's a little bit older. But, I mean, do you think people were saying that back when you were a kid? I mean, is it, is it, is it, 
are there less hunters now than there were? Uh, is there so. less recruitment now than there was? That may be more. That probably more hunting you now think than there more? was then. But you, I'd say if you took baiting in the and the GPSs and that kind of stuff away from them, maybe a way less of them hunting. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you think there's more hunters? Yeah, yeah, don't you? I'd say there's more. I believe there's more people out there hunting. Yeah, they, but but they're they're wanting to kill a bear. I'd we'll say, say they that. ain't more. Okay. More okay. true hunters. There's probably less true hunters out there. Yeah. Than there was. And when you then. But by that you mean guys that have just dedicated their lives Wanted to bear to. hunting and Wanted. hounds I mean, like I, y'all have. I, I don't. Don't ask me why you want to do this. I mean, it's beyond me. Why you want to do it? I mean, it's just something. What's that, hard about it, Ronnie? What's hard? Some because people don't understand. I understand. People don't understand what what. You know the 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 common. Uh, this is what blows my mind. And I go to bat for bear hunting with hounds every day of my life. In what inside of what I do, I really do. And I don't even have bear dogs. Um. People think that hunting with hounds is lazy. Mm-hmm. Tell them why it's not. Let them take off after. Let them, <laughs> let them follow. Them. I, that's I've heard guys say. There's nothing to it. Said you got a four wheel drive truck, a radio, and a GPS. Said what? What is there to it? And I said, well, I said you can quit your job. I said we turn loose after a bear. You can take a picture of the bear. Everybody you take a picture of, I give you a thousand dollars. Everyone you don't take a picture of. You give me $1,000. I said, fair deal. <laughs> well, he said, I really don't care enough about taking a picture of a bear. No, it's uh, – everybody thinks it is a, a lazy sport. You're, if they see somebody along the road, and there has to be somebody along the road, keep the dogs away from the road and all that. But they don't think about the miles that you've walked in order to get there. Right. And uphill, downhill. And these mountains, they're, they're, they're some, there's some rough places in them. And yeah. There's not there's not a lot of people that like that. Right. I mean, it's just a hard now sport. You could go right. to Ronnie's country and maybe turn loose on a bear. And maybe you, if you want to follow it, you won't see the road. You might see some roads behind gates, but you may not see a road that you can drive on till the race is done over with. Yeah. Done, done, yeah. and over with. And yeah. Done, got dark on your whatever. You done killed it or whatever. Yeah. And you still ain't seen no road. Yeah, you can walk yeah. all day and not, not see a road you drive a vehicle on. Yeah. Well, I can tell you some of the toughest, best woodsmen I've ever met in all my travels have been bear hunters, bear hunting with bear hunters with hounds. I mean, uh, the the three hundred sixty five day a year dedication to these dogs. Um, you know, one of the first times I ever bear hunted with hounds was in West Virginia. Um, and uh, dogs got treed a mile away, and we were up on top of this road, and I was with some guys that did this every day. And they said, well, let's go to those dogs. And I said, we're just going to go straight to them? And they looked at me like I was crazy, and they were like, well, what other way is there to get there? And it blew my mind that we were just going to dive off in that hollow and go up the other side of the mountain to those dogs. I mean, you know, I was like, and I wasn't afraid of it. I loved it, but it just, I was like, you're kidding. And then when I hunted with Mr. Roy in 2017, um, when we made that video, which as of yesterday broke half a million views on YouTube. Did you know that, Mr. Roy? Half mm-hmm. a million views. 500,000 people watched that video. Um, it was, do you remember when we, 
me and uh, Alvin walked to those dogs, one of the dogs that was off down in a valley. You, you've done it a thousand times. You wouldn't even remember. But we took off in the dark walking oh, to go one get and a half miles to the street. Yeah, yeah, to a dog. Yeah. And I mean, there's not, I mean, it just took, you guys do that kind of stuff all the time, retrieving dogs. And I mean, it's, it just takes some toughness to do this. But you had done been on a pretty good journey that day. Yeah. Yeah, I had that day. We'd done kill two buyers, and that's going to get them two dogs off that tree. Yeah. 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 Well, it, it takes a dedication of a lifetime to be a bear houndsman. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really does. And uh, and people a lot of times people don't understand that at all, but uh, it's just because they they've never done it, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, our you said something to me earlier about what I like about you guys, and and there's other people too that are this way, but inside of any any kind of sport or hunting where there's the possibility to compare one to another sometimes you get a lot of ego and especially when it comes to dogs and it's probably any kind of dogs i mean it probably if we were bird dog men and you know there would be jealousy inside the bird dog world whatever but ira you described these guys real well and then you were describing yourself too as uh just being selfless with no agenda can you repeat what you told me earlier? Well, I'll try to. Uh, you know, I don't remember exactly how we how we got to where we was at a while ago, but it's uh, you know, in bar hunting, I, I fell told us this one time, and I really agree with him. He, he said, he "said There's a lot of prestige in owning a good dog." Yeah, in in yeah. the bear hunting world, you've done something. When you have that dog and he's truly good and everybody knows it, there, there's a lot of prestige in it. And prestige is just a spin off of pride. And, we, you know, and right. we get that going and it kind of, you know, it creates, you know, sometimes it's, you know, just a little friction, I guess you might say, between other groups and maybe other people and, and, and all. And, uh, uh, and that's the comment I made about these guys. We're not, you know, that's not our issue. We're good friends, and, you know, we, you know, our common goals, bear hunt, have a good time, right. produce a decent dog and as we can, and, uh, you know, and there's no, there's no agenda. We're not, you know, trying right. to, we don't have anything, you know, that, that that's that's under that. It, uh, um, and you're not, you're not in competition with no, each no, other. No, no. You no. guys are, you guys are rooting yeah. for the, no, yeah. but now, the other guy. I'm going to say that uh, 90% of the bear hunters are, though. Right, yeah, right. I mean, it's mm-hmm. unreal. Yeah. I, I like what Ronnie said just a minute ago, and we've talked about this a lot, Clay, and it. Uh, and, and I want to make this point. If we don't make anything else today, I wanted to share this with you where, I, where I'm at in it. I think the opportunity that I have, and I hope I can help these guys uh, in this, they'd have to weigh in on that, but uh, uh, our, our breeding and what we're doing, I really like where we're at. The biggest deal today, you asked Ronnie a question a while ago, and, and maybe I didn't interpret it right. I don't know. But, uh, you know, I got to thinking uh, when you asked that question about hunting today, you know, the changes right. of today. Well, the yeah. big deal today is the cost of things. 
Mm-hmm. You know, vet bills are outrageous. It used to be we had local vets that, or getting old dog cut up or something, you know, a little bit by a bear hog, by just a few bucks, and you're out the door. Good medicine, good time. Now, I yeah. mean, if you get a dog hurt, it's big money. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I yeah. mean, we're talking about a lot of money. Yeah. We're talking about big money in our feed. And the thing is, you got to understand, all three of us sitting here, we will feed, we'll average from fifteen twenty dogs a piece. And right. you've seen mine, you've seen yeah. Roy's, and Ronnie's is just like them. Yeah. And uh, and about the same number. Now, what what's really unique here is we trust each other. And Ronnie may raise a gang of pups. I don't have to. I may get a mm-hmm. pup off of him. Mm-hmm. We may try some things. We may hear about something, you know, we want to try. We've got some ideas or something. I may try something, you know, have a gang of pups. They get, you know, they get pups. Yeah. Roy likewise takes good care of us. And that helps us a whole lot progress. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think looking at, at at hunters today, if, if I set in to breed and I'm just going to do it myself, my way, forget yeah. everybody else, they ain't enough of money and enough of time for me to do that. Yes. I'd have to have fifty head of dogs up there because you you, you, yeah. you you've got older dogs you've you don't want to get rid of. You got dogs that's still active. You got you know young dogs coming on, litters of pups coming. You even uh, man Roy was talking up there a while ago about I was telling him about an opportunity I had. A friend of mine was going along me as female, and I don't need pups right now, but I, I'm afraid of maybe losing that opportunity if he loses right. that female. So sometimes we're making crosses when we don't even need pups. You know, yeah. and and it's really I see good results of it. I really do. So and the relationship that you guys have yeah. is leveraging the the whole all of your success. I, I think is so. Right? I, I mean, for, it is mine. I speak on, sev- on several occasions, like a litter of pups. If I get one or one or two, and he's two or three, and Ronnie's one or two or whatever. Uh, you get to see it, and that's how I say the same. You litter. really know what? Yeah, is they, and, and they actually get a chance to do something too. It ain't right. like they're put somewhere where they ain't tried or something. You know, I think a lot of people wouldn't understand this too about bear dog. I didn't understand this about uh, bear dog breeders. People, you guys aren't in the market of selling pups. Right. You want to get a litter of pups, and you want every one of those dogs mm-hmm. to go into the hands of hunters that you know are going to hunt them that you know are going to give them a chance, and that also you know you could breed back to if it ends up being the phenomenal dog exactly. of the mm-hmm. decade. Mm-hmm. And and so I think that's fascinating. You know, I, I do have plot dogs, and I've had a couple of litters, and people that don't know anything are just like, well, oh, good, you're going to sell some pups. And uh, and I'm I've automatically adopted this philosophy because I like it so much, what I see in, in these bear hunters is that, no, I, I didn't breed those dogs just to have a litter of pups. I want them to go to the right people, and I'm even willing to give them to the right mm-hmm, people mm-hmm. so that I can see what happens to them and breed back to them. And, I mean, and, and if you do that for 60 years, or, you mm-hmm. know, Mr. Roy, you started hunting. You, your dad got dogs when you were three, so 68 well, years. Well, actually, that ain't right. He had dogs before I was born. Okay, okay. And I mean, you, you do that too. for six decades then you have kept track of a lot of dogs. And you end like Ronnie said, you end up you end, you do end up breeding the best of the best. I mean most of the time when you can. And uh, anyway, that's a good philosophy. Well I just wanted to share that but before I, we got away from it. That that, that what we're doing. I'll tell you what you, you go do. ahead how you want to, but you 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 take a good female, a good and you breed hit, you're gonna come out with something fairly decent. 
out of a good female. Yeah. Now, I'd rather go that route as the other route. Is the number one good male, bred to just uh, one that ain't ain't as good, say, or ain't too good. Just breed it to say one that ain't so good. Yeah. I don't like that at all. Yeah. But now I'm a believer in that females. Believer in the females. Yeah. Well, it's it's just like a, I've told people. Uh, that I found a pup. It's really bred good. Where'd you find that on Facebook? I don't think you've ever seen Roy or me or anybody with a pup on Facebook. When you have to sell pups on Facebook, there's something wrong. Now, I, I, that's my opinion. Yeah. I mean, and that's that that would offend a lot of people because they've got they got them on Facebook. There's people out there saying if you raise a litter of pups, I want one. I want one. I want one. I mean, you don't have to look for somebody to get them. There, there's there's people that's already asking about them. I want them, and I don't understand. Then they're buying them off Facebook, and I, and and pups are expensive if you go to buying pups. Absolutely, they, they are. They're expensive. I yeah. feel like I could have sold pups and made some money, a lot of money, selling pups. Mm-hmm. But you sell them to Tom, Dick, and Harry, whoever, and then they take them home with them. They never take them a hunting, and then word gets out that I tried one out pups. It, it wasn't no count. It wasn't. Nothing. Maybe take it a hunt in a time or two, and then the next thing you know, you're in the same category with all them out through yonder that they're selling pups, and everybody's saying you can't get a good pup off of it right. and stuff. But uh, if you don't sell them, then you don't have to worry about that. There's a, there's a there's a low percentage. There's a low percentage of what just what we was talking about. Good dogs, yeah. and if you don't hunt them, they're not good dogs. Right. That's so right. You might right. you might give a dog to somebody, and it may be the most phenomenal bear dog in the last fifty years, but you never know it because it wasn't hunted. That's right. I mean, uh, well, you're I, you you just take a dog that's put up, and say it's their number one dog, and and uh, and and you stand it up for two years, and then you take it a hunting, and it's fat and been fatted for two years. And you see what it does for you the first time or two you take it a hunt. First several times. Yeah, first, yeah. I seen two dogs that was so, that was good dogs. Bell buyer. Fact about it, they'd take them out uh, midnight of a night, turn them on a big buyer, and when it got daylight the next morning, they'd go pack them mm. and, and kill the buyer. And, and 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 they sold them dogs. Well, uh, actually, Hoyt and uh, and uh, uh, that guy on that rock crusher, what's his name? Duck. Duck, Duck Boone, Boone. Mm-hmm. bought them. They bought them, and 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 they've been standing up for a couple of years. Well, they tried to hunt them. They wouldn't do nothing. Hmm. They wouldn't even get out of your sight. They wouldn't even leave on a bar track or do nothing. So they. Actually, give them to Jesse down on the coast, and and we was going down there a whole lot of hunting and training, training mm-hmm. down there. And Jesse just keep a taking them dogs and taking them dogs. They was that broad, and and got a little weight off of them. And finally, uh, they started going and 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 hunting, and 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 I've seen them actually stay on a bear. 18 hours down there. This is after they wasn't doing nothing. And when the bar laid down, the dogs laid down. Bark, bark, bark. 
bar get up and move and move with it and lay right down with it in them ditch lines down there in them canals. The only way you got them off of that bar was catch them off of it. Mm. And, and uh, so, you know, the, the hunting part goes a long way with it. Yeah. And the hunter that knows more than a dog does is the one that will make the best dogs, too. Mm. Uh, just for instance, if you take somebody that's a hunter, hunted all their life, and they make every excuse in the world for that dog. It was at the tree. I had it on this uh, beeper thing, and it was right there at the tree. And then you get to the tree, kill a dog ain't there. Wonder why he left that tree. If you keep telling yourself that, you ain't going to never have nothing. I you mean, be when, honest you, when you it. when you start lying to yourself and telling your own self that and trying to get other people to back it up, you ain't gonna have nothing. Mm-hmm. Which I hunt a lot of dogs. I know it ain't as good as maybe a dog ought to be, but uh, then I hunt some. It's probably as good as anybody hunts. But uh, you got to know what the dog is and what it does. Yeah. And, and making excuses up for them, in my opinion, ain't, ain't right. Yeah. I mean, I ain't saying mine can't mess up. Yeah. But if they mess up, I just say they messed up, and I get them, and I am go on about it. But yeah. now, if, if you start saying they didn't do this or they didn't do that when you know good and well they did, you ain't going to have nothing. What do you think mm-hmm. about well, that? Well, that's right. I mean, that's I like the thought you had. You're going to be smarter than your dog. I got to think about that, Roy, when you said that. How many times you boys, I know you're, I know the answer for I ask says, dogs taught me a whole lot about hunting. Mm-hmm. That's the way you learn. I didn't, I mean, that's, men has, has helped me a lot in, in breeding and opportunity and place, but the, the, the the journey, the dogs showed me a whole lot they more. Are leading them dogs through yeah. the woods, they've showed me more than, yeah. I, than anybody Any could have yeah. ever learned. But then, if absolutely. You, if you learn by doing that, right, then you're doing good. You've learned. But if you can't learn yeah. by doing that, mm-hmm. then you ain't going to never get that. And, and it is, I understand where a lot of people are. kind of have to have a little sympathy for them. It's hard to feed an old dog and like it, and that sun's going to blow out on you. You know, you'll want to hunt for an excuse, but, mm-hmm. but you can't. You have to set... You, you have to come to reality in that thing somewhere that it just didn't make it. It ain't good, or it's met the wrong bar, or whatever. And uh, you know, I mean, I, I get where people's at sometimes, but you know, to to really be good at it, you know, I feel like, and you know, you just got to be real with what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, they they just something said about just being honest and straight and real about it. And uh, uh, you know, again, I mean. I, if it hadn't been for a few old dogs through the years, I, I still don't know a whole lot about it, but I sure wasn't no much. They'll teach you how to bear hunt. And they're all different, though. Yeah, in their own they're, way. They contribute in different like ways. They're all different. They can all learn you different things, and you've got to learn to read them and them read you. I'm and, get, and, I, and you guys give a lot of grace to dogs, too, though, don't you? I mean, you're not just keeping perfect dogs. No. Well, I, I probably keep more imperfect dogs than Ira and Ronnie does. Really, Probably. you think so? Yeah, but... Uh, I don't know, Roy, if I'd say that. I don't think you do. Uh, I tell you, you've helped me a whole lot. I told somebody this the other day. I t- Today, I was talking to Justin Gurley today, and I, I told him, Miss, you helped me a whole lot with uh, with being patient that first year with dogs. I had actually was getting rid of some dogs that, at a year old, that, that you know, and in that first year that just for slipping up one time, 
you know. And yeah, I and but they and, ain't and never you, made one. Well, you helped me with that. They you got me back made, down a little bit. They ain't on that never made and, the best dog in the world. It can't mess up. Oh, yeah, no, it ain't out there. I don't care which one it is, the best you ever had at one day. That, that, that thing messed up one day. I don't know why it got over there. Yeah. Yeah, but they I mean, ain't no need to try to lie about it and say it done this or it done that. The best thing hit messed up. It didn't do right. But I know what it does do. Yeah. And I, it, that don't bother me a bit. I just catch it. What did you I'm, say? You told me you said they've all got something wrong with them, but some of them have enough to make up for it. How did you say that? Well, I just say myself that they ain't never made a dog that couldn't mess up. Yeah. But uh, mm-hmm. they some of them so good they can mess up. And I've got one I own right now uh, that they can mess up, but they they still a, a keeper and a they, good. They do enough right. You had you had a beautiful little phrase you said to me earlier. You said some of them some of them will mess up, but they do enough right that it makes up for the messing up. That's oh right. yeah, they're, I mean, they're good. You know what the, I mean? the good outweighs the bad. Yeah, yeah. I've got that one dog over there right now, Bruno. Is as good a dog. Is anybody at bear hunts could on? Yeah. But now can he mess up? He can. Yeah. But now, buddy, if he don't mess up. He's got it going on, though. He's got her going on. <laughs> I've got some. If they don't mess up, they're going to do good. But they, yeah. they, 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 they went yeah. without messing up yet. Ronnie, Ronnie said something the other day, Clay, I really like, and I, and I ain't forgot it. I, I'll share it with you. And, say, and I, I, this is it in a nutshell. These dogs out there that'll help you, and these dogs out there that you've got to help. And mm-hmm. You can think about that one. That, that's that's a pretty deep thought. I really yeah. like that. Well, a good dog could do a whole lot more helping you than you have to help it. Yeah. And some of these dogs, if we're not careful, they they they'll participate and they'll work. But you got to get them in the right place all the time. You find yourself kind of working them instead of them darn good ones. They just flat out help you. Yeah. Well, that's Kenny, just the, the Kenny and Bart. Yeah, you know them. Mm-hmm. Well, Bart would keep you. Bart's a dog. He'll keep you till you can go back to that bear track and do what you need to. Where some dogs might uh, lose it and you don't know where the bear track is. Bart ain't going to do that. Right. He might not go nowhere. But if you had to go help him. He's your cold trailing dog. And what you're saying, he's not super fast, but he's well, not going to lose that Well, them bitches will jump bears all the time in front of him. Yeah. But if you need to go to a bear track and he'll bark. So if it gets bogged down and you're in feed ground or whatever and you want to go help him, you can go help him because you know you're going to the bar track. If he's a barking, you know you're going to the bar track. Right. And, and, uh, and, and if you can't do that, that happened to us down on the coast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That happened to us down on the coast, mm-hmm. the last bar that we couldn't run. Mm-hmm. We could have jumped that bar. Mm-hmm. But them dogs wouldn't stay on the scent, we know where to go mm-hmm, to to mm-hmm. try to follow her up with him. Mm-hmm. And if we'd had Barter Hooker down there, we'd have mm-hmm. known where to go mm-hmm. to to follow mm-hmm. her up on him. Well, we was beat up this year on Coast Bad. We didn't really have a lot down there to trail with. No, we didn't. Tootie but I mean, was hurt. We had I got her hurt over right. with you, and, and Hooker was out, and Bart, he was, I mean, we were just, you know, we're kind of winging it with, you know. Yeah. But, and we done all right. I think we caught seven in, in but, a week. But, but, but we lost one. Good bear, yeah, because we didn't have Barton and Hooker, mm. and and if we'd have had them, I was about to bet you that bear would have been mm-hmm. dead there, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but we didn't have them. I tell you, now get back on Nana Haley over here. <laughs> what, what'd you call him, Nana Haley? 
<laughs> me and Ronnie, me and, I went over and hunted a little bit with him. I ain't hunted a big lot with him. But I, I had to go every year and hunt a few days with him. And I ain't done that in a while. I ain't able to. And, uh, and, and uh, we would uh, run a buyer over there. And we killed... We killed a few, but we ran some that got in the bar sanctuary, and what miserable times we spent over there. Uh, three or four o'clock in the morning to trying to gather up dogs and going to sleep, and and one one morning we woke up and we were sitting in the middle of the road in that bar sanctuary, both of us sleep in the truck. I'll be darned. <laughs> Uh, it's tough. Yeah, we, yeah, we put in some long nights. When Roy come, it was just about from <laughs> it, it, not from daylight till dark. It was just from the time he come till he left. We just about up. Yeah. Ronnie, do you have? Can you think of a real good story about either either of these guys that you could tell? Oh, I, I can think of things about both of them. I mean, they're... I know one good, and he can tell it wasn't. Uh, it, it was a buyer race was ended. He might can tell the buyer race. I don't know. But we was shot so bad that neither one of us wasn't able to drive, and we got Bud to drive us. <laughs> yeah, we yeah, we'd, we'd run bar for two days, and we had one get in the bar sanctuary. And so we started that evening. We was going to go over and, and try to get him out of the bar sanctuary, and I said, we'll get Bud to take us, Roy. What do we need Bud to take us for? <laughs> I said, Roy, I said, We'll not be asleep. We'll not be awake in 10 minutes. I said, we get set down. Well, I'm all right. I said, all right. Anyway, I got Bud. I said, Bud drives over there. All right. We had a tracking box, and I, and I guess we got out and tracked. I don't even remember. Bud said he drove us everywhere over there and said we wouldn't even get out and track. He said we'd get out and just. He, I don't, said, he I, said he didn't know whether we had a box on or not. He said, I can't get it. He said, we get back in and go sleep. I don't, and that's about right, I guess. I don't much more than remember leaving leaving over there. That's about all I remember of mm-hmm. it is leaving the house over there. Mm-hmm. We was asleep. Before, I was asleep before we ever got to the lake down there, I think. Oh, you was. You were asleep as soon as you got in there. You was all right right <laughs> then. But I, I thought, no, when we sat down, you'll be, you'll be gone. And, uh, we got him. But we got him in a day or two. Uh, Ronnie, what's the best? What's the best dog that you've ever owned? Can can you think of one that just was just for sure the best dog? I mean, when I three or four months ago, I talked to Ira and we did a legendary bear hound story on uh, on Harry Harvey 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 Harvey, and uh, you know, just right off the bat, he said, you know, I've got it. He had a couple of dogs, but that was one that came to mind. Do you have a dog that just? I've got, I've got, I've had some dogs that I that I've liked. I mean, I I don't know. I've had some dogs that uh, I don't yeah, he know. He could go with June, or he could go with I go Eisen, with or he could go with Hooker, Hooker, or Squaw, or Luke, or yeah, I, I What's mean, the, what what do you name your dogs like on registry? I mean, if you you, you may not want to tell me that. No, well, I mean, you, is it is it is a lot. Me and Roy got to breeding dogs, and he said, "Why don't you just put that Bateman's Laurel Mountain?" And I said, "Well, I, it don't make no difference." I said, "It's just as long as the registered, it don't make any difference what the name is." And so I usually I started using Bateman's Laurel Mountain, whatever. Okay. okay. So it's Laurel Mountain. Most of it to be Laurel Mountain. Uh, all, uh, 
yeah, well, we've like I say, we've crossed some and everything, and I didn't have Laurel Mountain when it started, and, but I'll say the majority of it's Laurel. Mountain. Well, that's a lot. Got, okay. okay, well that 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 helps me. So Laurel Mountain, what dogs did you say? Luke, uh, Hooker. That's now. Yeah. But now some of them dogs. What was that one bitch you had? You liked a good June squall. Squall. Mm-hmm. A long time ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and them dogs. And pausing, and them dogs didn't have Laurel Mountain in front Mm-mm. of them. No. Okay. Ira, what what are your what are your dogs? Jones. We just stuck with the yeah just family Jones. name is Jones's Harvey yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But he needs to put some kind of mountain to it, don't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or Jones Barker's Creek Jones or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh. Got a big title out there for yeah. Big Bear, honey. Mm-hmm. You're on. I don't know about that. I don't know about all that. It's a. But he's had several dogs. He's got that Luke dog right now that he could do on, and he's got to that other. What you well, mean? he's got Luke and Lash, Lash. but they're they they've they're a lot me. They got old and the scene all night. They're, they're you know it don't matter. Good, good they, dogs, they get they get old fast. Uh, yeah, they a, do. They they get old faced. I mean, you, and it's just like going hunting without your buddy. Yeah, it's uh, you miss them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's unreal how you miss them. You trail with you depend on. I mean, the ones you actually trail with, you miss them bad, buddy. And I went through a whole lot of them, and I feel like I've had some pretty good ones, but. It still ain't easy. It ain't easy when you lose one. No. And like losing powder for as young as she was. That, that'll break your heart. Yeah, it breaks your heart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's hard to get those real good trail dogs, even out of a good, real good line. Is it that is, right? It is. And by trail dogs, that, how would you describe a trail dog, Ronnie? A lot of heart and determination. Yeah. I mean, it, they got to like a buyer first thing. But a trail dog, he's got to have the heart and determination to stay there when everything else leaves and hunt for it and find it, make it happen. And the trail dog you're using to start a track. So you've got a rig strike or you found a track on the bank of the ditch, and it's the first dog you're turning out to try to get the track lined out. That's right. Yeah. And he's got to not quit. He's got to keep on long, just keep on and on. And and he may get fouled up, and he may get to – Bogged down and stuff, but you've got to just keep it getting on past that till. Uh, oh yeah, I've I've turned them loose in in snow, and there was no bear track there. But they was barking, and I knew it was a bear. They could smell it under that snow, mm. and uh, and you, you you turn them loose. I mean, they'd they'd jump the bear. They'd mm. they'd yeah. work at it till they jumped it. Mm. You couldn't even see the track. Wow, I've seen that too. Mm-hmm. Wow. Have you got a good trail dog right now, Ira? I'm using Tootie right now. I, she ain't the best I ever had, but she's probably the best one I got right now. Yeah. And uh, and he lost one trail yeah. somewhere too. I lost this two this year. Is kind of difficult to lose, but you lose them, you know. They yeah. going to go and yeah. and all. Yeah. Are, who? What dog are you trailing with, Mister Roy? I'm still trailing with Bart and Hooker and Witch and and Magic and Annie. Yeah. Okay. So I, those are some I, of the dogs I, that are in our video. Yeah, actually, right now, I'm in trailing. You know, I mean, I'm I'm in decent shape on trailing. 
Yeah. The Annie's the bitch that you run around the road that wasn't in the race of that bear that we killed. And and you was running around the road. And I said, I don't know what she's running. And she had the bear. And she and then you seen the bear and and uh lost that GPS and and uh and everything and uh I knew he'd bring that up. He'll <laughs> do that. <laughs> and uh well and 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 what and you and so we had to get in hot pursuit there and and but we did find the GPS, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. We did. Yeah, yeah. That dog was just a yeah. A she pup just back a pup, then. Yeah, yeah. Because you, th- we thought maybe she was running off game or something. I said she could be running anything, but it turned out it was a bear. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she done that in Canada, mm. and actually, she done that in Canada. And here she come out and run it over top of Ryan, and Ryan killed it. And she was just a puppy then, but it turned out I don't know if it's a moose or a bear, but it turned out it's a bear. <laughs> uh. Well, our, have we? I know there's there is a thousand different directions we could have gone on this deal. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you would like to say that we didn't talk about? Well, I don't know. We've talked about a whole lot, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's been ground. a good journey. I'll sure say that. I've had yeah. a good time with it and made a whole lot of friends. I really have. Yeah. Very unique people, hard hunted, dedicated people, and and I had the privilege to spend a. A lot of time with a lot of these boys, these two men here, and a lot of others, and I, I've had a good time. I really have. I'll yeah. just tell you, I've been blessed. That's just yeah. what you can say about it. But uh, I enjoy yeah. it. Enjoy talking yeah. about it. Enjoy doing it. Enjoy looking at papers with the, figuring what's going to happen tomorrow. You know it. Yeah. Uh, every part of it, I like it. Yeah. Well, walking out here today with you and Mr. Roy through your dogs, uh, we're in just a beautiful place, the Smoky Mountains here. I mean, I I value I, I value these just what you guys represent and and the lifestyle that y'all have lived and and uh, these dogs are special. I mean, some people might just walk out there and see a bunch of dark colored hounds tied up and not think much about it, but I think there's I I I I, I just value what you guys are doing and, and and how you've dedicated yourself to this. It's a craft. You know, I, I think maybe that's what draws me to guys like like y'all that have dedicated your life to this very specific thing. Mm-hmm. Is that it's a craft, and you don't just get it overnight. You don't you don't just understand it mm-hmm. in two years of doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, and all you guys have so much history from your from your fathers and grandfathers, and that's pretty unique in our culture. And that's something that I think is worth preserving you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. that uh and and that's 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 neat but yeah mm-hmm. it's definitely a heritage i yeah. I, I believe that and yeah. i believe it's an appalachian thing i got a lot of friends up north different places to hunt in wisconsin and all and they're hitting part of the appalachians but it uh it down, down here it's definitely a part of it yeah and uh i think that's where earlier you know we was talking about we kind of looked up to hunters they've been some very successful men walk yeah. these old mountains they really have hunted yeah. hard yeah. And, uh, I mean, you you want to go hunting, and you want to kill buyers, run buyers, and have races, but it's just fun to be out in the woods, hunting with your friends, oh, and, yeah. and the yeah. ones that's really close to you and stuff. Yeah, and and make a lot of friends. Now you'll make a few enemies when kill season's open, training season, 
everybody's your friend. And actually, uh, that's true. Actually, in kill season, you're actually better off if you're talking to another bear hunter and you're doing it good today. I we run one, it got away or something like that. The more you do that, the more friend they are. If you see them every day, and I got one today, or I got one tomorrow, and the next day I got one. Then they don't care so much about talking to you so good, do you? Some of them don't. Uh, it changes the tune of some of them, don't it? Yeah. yeah. yeah but, but but going to hunting and having a good time and being with your friends and stuff means a lot. Yeah. Now, if you can add a bar race into that deal, it makes it even better. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Ronnie, have we... If, is there anything you'd like to say that we hadn't talked about? Well, the only, the only thing about it is I'm like our... I've been, I've been blessed, but... One of these days we'll all get too old to run them dogs and everything, but I'm thankful for the friends of God. I can sit on the porch and we can talk about just yeah. just things like this, and it, and it's enjoyable just to talk about what it has. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a it's a big part of it just to to have friends you can talk about it with, yeah. um, and people that kind of sees it the way you do. Like I said, everybody doesn't see this the same way. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, we do. We pretty much see it the same way. I'm not saying we agree on everything, but pretty much we agree on. Yeah. You could put, Can you put a P.S. on that? You bet. Well, I'd like for you to get Gerald right there in that seat and let him put one of his headsets on. Let our keep his headset on yep. and let you talk to him. If our needs to help him a little bit, he can encourage him. And just get Let's a little that. bit out of him. All Let's night. do that. Absolutely. If we catch him, you, you get him Ronnie, or you'll make it run in our time and come in here. Yeah. Well, what what I you know, what would the value what would the value of all this be if you just had all these dogs out here and you didn't have these guys and your dad? I think we I think mm-hmm. we gained even though I mean we're hunters and we're wanting good dogs and we're wanting to kill bears and run bears really a lot of the value of this well, I comes just tell from you friendships truth. doesn't it it's, it's right that's right with me for sure because if i had the best dogs in the world and i hunted by myself and didn't have no uh nobody to to go hunting to cut up and carry on and have a good time with right i don't know how much i'd be into this thing right yeah mr roy Go ahead and put that on, and let's ask ask Mr. Gerald what what you uh, what you think. This is Mr. Gerald Jones. He's soon to be eighty years old, and this is Ira Jones' okay. father. Okay. Can you hear me, Gerald? Yeah, I can hear you. All right. Okay. We'll get on with this thing in this show, yeah. and we're wanting you to tell him over there uh, when you first started, and and who you buddied up with uh that guy that had them or your daddy did who was that guy that had them dogs that thomas got some off of him thomas Rifebone. max stewart max stewart oh yeah max, max stewart. stewart yeah and just tell him some of the stuff he'll ask you a question or two and just tell him some of that stuff there well i'll tell him what yeah if i'm hearing good enough yeah well yeah go ahead how did you get started in bear hunting? Well, uh, 
I first first time I'd have went a bear hunting in my, in my life. I was twelve year old. I went with my daddy and uh, a couple, three more of these old timers around here. And uh, at that was the first time I'd have went a bear hunting. But uh, we've always, when a just a small kid, my daddy always kept dogs, and we've had plot dogs all the way up, which had other kind too. But we, we didn't have none registered back then, you know. That's back in the forties mm-hmm. and, and stuff, and uh, uh, there wasn't registered dogs. But uh, we've had plot dogs as long as I can remember. Uh, he's wanting you to talk a little bit about hunting with your dad and how hard it was to find a bear track and how much you had to do at that time, Gerald. <laughs> well, back, back when the when the first, you know, when I growing up and first got into it, uh, as for I had any ready uh, any TVs. I mean, these uh, walkie talkies, walkie talkies, and they finally come out with uh, half a watt, then you could holler as far as you could talk. Yeah, it didn't help you much. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, and, uh, and it was tough back in them days, uh, and didn't have no tracking stuff, nothing, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. but uh, you you just had to get on high ground and try Listen to stay your near to the dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I, I thought it was he. Uh, uh, it, it was something else in the. But the way I got in with plots, the way I got in with them, me and my uncle, my uncle, I went over with him at Herbert's uh, when uh, just well, before 16 year old. It back in, I guess, around 54 or something, 55. Couple, I, I wasn't 16. Uh, I went over to look at a horse. He, he, he's wanting, he heard that Herbert had a horse sale and went over and looked at it. And Herbert had seventeen grown dogs, uh, uh, and uh, he hadn't tied up. Uh, and they they was red brindle, gray brindle, and the brown brindle and the black brindle. I mean, he he hadn't all tied up. And out of car, that was uh, the best looking pack of dogs I ever seen. And I always had them on my mind. To, you know, someday we'd, we'd go back over that. And, well, it was a few years after that. It, it was a few years. I would got wanting, wanting a pot dog, and I told my daddy, I said, let's, let's go over to pots. I said, over to Herbert's. I said, at one time over, I mean, Claude was over, it was my uncle. I said, that's the best-looking bunch of dogs I, I've ever seen. And... Uh, we did, and and that's when we got the old old Sam dog. Uh, uh, we, we bought him off of off of Herbert, and uh, he uh, that, that was long, probably about sixty three, wasn't it, son? Something. Yeah, that's right. I think it was. That's what the papers uh, say? In sixty three, and right, right there, uh, how come into that? stock uh, right there and then my daddy was working down in Statesville and he uh, uh, at one of them steam plants and he'd hear talking somebody something and they told him about Tom White having some pups and 
he he might get one. The daddy went out by there and and made it, and and he did. He got a bitch. That, that's mm-hmm. where the Sioux bitch come in. And they, and and she, she was uh, out of. She went back to Ferguson's. Uh, he he got that bunch off of Ferguson. Tell him how hard it was to find a bear track back in them days. Well, you hunted for days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how hard it was to find a bear track. And I mean... Uh, uh, you, you know, you just you just hook up, you find one. <laughs> just about yeah. it. Yeah. You know. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then when you turned on it, I mean, like I say, if he didn't stop it in in your hearing, you just had to get on high ground. You know. Mm-hmm. And listen for and following and uh, all the times we'd boozing and uh, and be out we after dark we in the night and you 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 know be walking and you'd hearing somebody's. You know, either bay the trees one. You know, you know. I mean, you just you couldn't track. We didn't have no tracking stuff, and nothing, you know, it, it was it was yeah. rough. It, yeah, it, you really had to like it. Yeah, I, I just, really had to like it. Yeah, to to do it. I yeah. mean, the old timers had it had it rough. Most of the way they hunted a pretty good crowd, and they'd send their men out in these gaps, you know, top of the mountain, and they'd go back there and sit all day, you know, waiting for the for bear, bear race to, to come, come through. through. Yeah, oh, the okay. dogs and the bear to come through, you know. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, they'd actually kill, kill the bear. Some of them in them, uh, getting them gaps would actually, but they'd tie your dogs up at home, they would. They'd tie your dogs up, and they'd have your bear and, and dogs and take care of them. But now they'd go get in them gaps of the mountain and sit all day, take uh, take her dinner and everything with them. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Waiting yeah, for that, the bear. That's the way they hunted, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. I'll be uh, darned. Yeah. Well, thank you, Mr. Gerald. That was, that was really good. Yeah, I mean – they they just get scattered out and nobody knows what done done. They say to the yeah, they'd shoot three times signal shots, wouldn't they? Huh? They'd shoot signal shots like three times and they'd count like the ten between each shot. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah when they'd shoot signal shots. If somebody killed it yeah, needed yeah. help, they'd shoot two times up bye bye and then they'd wait a few minutes, you know, and shoot again, bye bye, you know. real fast, you know. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Had something. Bar mate. They they wouldn't Bar be mate. many hunters today if they had to do that, would they, Gerald? Huh. They wouldn't be a lot of hunters today if they had to do that, oh, would they? Oh, it, it wouldn't be none of them. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, man. This day and time is, I mean, you know, it, uh, back then, like I say, you, you had to like it to be yeah, out there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you guys so much for 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 coming or for me coming letting me come thank you uh, yeah well i always end the podcast the same way i say keep the wild places wild because that's where the bears live Hey, everybody knows Weber Grills. I've been using Weber Grills my whole life, and check it out. 
they got a pellet grill, the Weber Searwood pellet grill. Now with a pellet grill, you can smoke, roast, and sear on the same grill. You can go from low and slow, okay, on smoke boost mode, or crank this thing all the way to a heat sear at 600 degrees. It's got a full great sear zone, so you can put more food on the flame. Get fired up for your new Weber Searwood pellet grill. Hey, we're going to take a little break here and talk about interstate batteries. Now, if you're like me, enjoying the great outdoors, you need gear that is as reliable as it gets. That's why I power my adventures with interstate batteries. I use interstate batteries in my boats. I use interstate batteries in my camper. Great for your truck, too. From Alaska to Montana. They're outrageously dependable. Battery is essential. With over 150,000 dealer locations, finding one is easy. For all your vehicles, land or sea, choose Interstate. Head to interstatebatteries.com and find your power today. 